0: The fullness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, You know, Jesus promised that he would send the comforter to us. He told his disciples that. Uh, He had informed his disciples that when the comforter would come, he would bring all things to remembrance whatsoever he had taught us, taught them. And uh, he has so stated in the scriptures that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, But yet oftentimes we live our life as if the Holy Spirit is not in us or isn't even a significant reality that he is is, uh, present and enabling us to be in strength and and, uh, revealed to us who our God is. And so it is necessary for us to have this fullness of the Holy Spirit. Men were saying about the little card that they had us fill out and I wrote down here and they just gave us a three by five card. And uh, they said, write down there about what it is you feel the Lord has spoken in your heart about uh, that you need to be concerned about, and what you need to do uh, as you depart from here. And I wrote down two things. I wrote it down. I wrote down more prayer and more mentoring. You know, often times we, as church people, as church ministers, we have a tendency to say we need to call for a prayer meeting, but why can't we just be identified as people who are praying? The very character of who we are is that we talk with our God. About everything from the moment we get wake up, rise up in the morning yes, until the time that we lay down at night to go to sleep. Our primary commun- communication all day is with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but it's like we can't talk to the Lord unless we have a scheduled meeting to pray, or we can't get a hold of God. Unless the church has officially said, this is going to be a prayer time. (laughs) And if there's one thing that is needed in each of our lives, it's more prayer. We need to talk with God. And I believe with all my heart that if we talk with God in the way that the Bible outlines that we have this intimate communication with the Lord, it'll be a natural outflow of that is there'll be mentoring going on with others because you cannot talk with God and fellowship with God without it getting the impression of the compassion of God to be compassionate towards others. It's a nat- natural outflow of talking with the Lord. And so you pray for me because my desire is personally have more prayer and more mentoring. My desire as a pastor is that we're not gonna be a church that calls for prayer meetings, but rather we are praying people. And because of that, it's gonna make a difference in our lives, and it's gonna impact other people around us. I, I remember, don't oh, know, a month or two ago, I remember Jimmy came into my office there and we were talking and, uh, and said, well, we're gonna have an old-fashioned prayer meeting. Hey. <laughs> remember that? I mean, we had a time of prayer in my office. I mean, crying out and talking with God. And uh, I'll tell you, we just need to get back to the old fashioned way of praying uh, where the people of God are in agreement together and we're not hampered or hindered about crying out and speaking out the Lord, sharing our burdens one with another, crying unto our God. And God starts entering into our life in a natural way, every moment of every day. I was at the prayer events, I'm sure they probably have it on the website. Uh, They had Bob Gray. You know Bob Gray. Many of you know Bob Gray. Many of you don't. Bob was here at the church before I came. And then uh, when I got here, he left and went out to Gettysburg to pastor a church. And just several months ago, uh, his daughter went home to be with the Lord. And uh, they had Bob share a testimony about that experience. And the thing that caught me in the middle of what he was saying, he said this. He said, "I knew." He said, "I knew my God was big enough to heal my daughter." He said, "But what God showed me was He was big enough to get me through it. And that hit my heart. And I'm going to tell you, you, you don't experience that if you're not talking with God, if you're not in prayer before the Lord, and you're not experiencing the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. Back in Exodus chapter 30, uh, 28, we see that when we talk about the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about consecration that is necessary In in, in Exodus chapter 28 in verse 3, we're just going to look at a few verses here. I just jotted down three or four things. That's all. It's the shortest sermon I've ever wrote. (laughs) It'll be the longest sermon sermon I ever preached. Amen. Exodus 28 in verse 3, it says, And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted. And I thought this was so precious. He said, you know, once you talk to these people, these are people who are wise-hearted. And here it is, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. We need the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. Why? It said, they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Consecration is necessary in this matter, of the fullness of the Spirit of God. Why? Because God will give us a wisdom beyond measure, an experience that's beyond measure, because he fills us with his Spirit. And when he fills us with his Spirit, there comes a, a dedication, a consecration, a separation, if you will, a commitment level that we are able to be able to minister to things that Christ opens up for us to be able to be a part of. So consecration is necessary. Ministry is productive. Exodus chapter 31. Exodus 31 in verse 3. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. And then chapter 35 in verse 31. He continues that same thought. It says, and he hath filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge in all manner of workmanship. If ministry is going to be productive, and may I say this, when I talk about ministry being productive, I'm not talking about the pastor being productive. Every one of us are a part of the ministry. Every one of us have gifts and talents that God has given us. And if we're going to be able to be productive in the ministries that God has given us, Uh, You you may be, men, you ministering to your wife. Mom and dad, it may be you ministering to your children. Uh, It may be you ministering to the widows in the church. I don't know what the ministry is that God has given you. It may be a teaching ministry, a pulpit ministry. It may be a nursery ministry. I just know this. There is the necessity of the fullness of the Spirit of God in order to be productive in that ministry. And I think many times we're just spinning our wheels and running in circles because of the fact we're not acknowledging, Lord, I need the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. There was bold preaching in Acts chapter 2 in uh, verse 4 when the fullness of the Spirit of God came upon them. Acts chapter 2 in verse 4, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, boldness in preaching. As you read through uh, chapter 2, we know it records for us the uh, uh, day of Pentecost as Peter will stand up. The one who had denied the Lord now is proclaiming the Lord. Uh, The one that was fearful of man now is standing boldly in the face of man. Uh, Peter, the one who was not... Uh, even confident in his ability to do ministry, when the Lord met with him, he said, Lord, um, um, uh, Peter, lovest thou me? And he said, well, Lord, you know I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. And so on the day of Pentecost, when the fullness of the Spirit of God came, there was no hesitation to stand up and boldly preach and proclaim, proclaim the truthfulness of the Word of God, the fullness of the Spirit The fullness of the Spirit. Here's a couple of questions that need to be answered in reference to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you willing to relinquish control of your life? You say, I want to be filled with the Spirit of God, I want the power of God upon me. Are you willing to take your hands off your life? Because you do understand when you say, God, have thy way with me. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. uh, You do not know the path that God's going to take you down. And it may be going down the path of blessings and rejoicings. It may be going down the path of of suffering and sorrow. But you say, wait a minute, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then are you willing to relinquish the control of your life? No, how did I put on there? You life. Oh, my goodness. I should have my wife proofread it before I put it up there. <laughs> but it means the same. <laughs> Are you going to get your hands off your life? Are you going to let God put his hands on you and start directing and leading you in the way that he wants to do that? And so the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you have to answer that question because the reality is I can't relinquish the control of your life nor can anyone else relinquish the control of your life. There's only one person that relinquishes the control of your life, and that's you. That's it. So how important is is it for you to be in the presence of God and knowing that through prayer, God moves in a powerful way and does the miraculous? Are you willing to just let him have his will and way with you? The second question I thought is this. Do you want real power with God? See, because if there's no fullness of the Holy Spirit of God, there is no power of of God resting upon you. And so I must relinquish who I am. I must relinquish my control of my life. I must be surrendered to God completely because it is not about what my intellectual abilities are, nor is it about my strength that I have, but rather it is about the power of God that rests upon us. And that only comes through the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because the reality is, can't without Christ, we can do nothing. Amen. And what does that mean? It means without Christ, you can do nothing. That's the Greek translation. <laughs> but yet, we try to do so much in our life, whether it's raising our children, whether it's working on our job whether it's ministering in the church, we try to do all these things and we get so busy, our life becomes so complex and we wonder why we have no power when God just wants us to get alone with him and that he might be able to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Well, here's a third question I put down. Are you ready to say, here am I? Are you, or are you, are you ready for that? We often talk about, well, we want revival in the church. We'd love to be able to see revival in the church. Uh, Well, are you willing to say, here am I? Are you willing to turn it all over to God? You know, it's amazing. We have all kinds of plans, all kinds of uh, programs. We have all kinds of reasoning and all kinds of uh, structure and administration and all this, that, and the other. But I'm going to tell you right now, that is not what builds a Christian life. What builds, the, they may be parts of guiding and helping and, and giving some direction, but it is the power of God that rests upon you that builds your life. Amen. We will not be able to influence the world we live in without the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. You know, John said this in, John, in Matthew 3, 11, He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize uh, you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We need fire. You know, the best thing you can do for me as your pastor is pray, God, fill him with your spirit and give him fire in his preaching. That's the best thing you can do for me. You know, the best thing that you can do in living your Christian life is to pray, God, uh, fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the fire of God. I mean, let me burn in my soul that nothing else entices me other than my God. I mean living a life in the reality that, wait a minute, the fire of God can rest upon us, and that fire uh, that rests upon us consumes everything around us. I did, we that fire alarm went off, I got up and I was like, what in the world is going on? And, uh, you know, it, it woke me up, and, uh, which is an amazing thing. Usually I sleep through everything. And I got, when I was talking to one of the guys, I guess I was talking with Ken or whatever we were talking about, I said, man, there must have been some hot prayer meetings in here. Somebody prayed down the fire of God this morning. Amen. And, but wait a minute. Wouldn't it be great if we would pray till the fire of God came? Wouldn't it be a wonderful experience to be consumed with the reality that God is with us, that there was a fire that rests upon us that changes other people's lives? Uh, you, you do understand that the presence of God and the power of God on you, you don't have to say anything. You can walk into a room and bring conviction on people. I remember the early days of uh, the prayer advances. I remember walking, walking into the auditorium for the service to begin, and I sat down and I immediately was overwhelmed with the Spirit of God and began to weep. Nobody said anything. There wasn't a song that was sung. There was no preaching that was going on. The Spirit of God was in that place. And if there is something that is desperately needed in our Christian lives and in our church ministries is the fire of the Holy Ghost, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit of God in your life. You start feeling, well, I feel a little conviction. Oh, I got to stiffen myself up. We were singing in the choir. There's a song we are singing, Meanwhile, Back at the Cross. We were singing in the choir. I was sitting over here. I don't know if Nick saw me or not. I was trying to hide it. I was, I was sitting over here. I, was, I hope nobody's choir members see me. I couldn't sing. I was sitting over here. I was, I was crying. I was crying like a baby. No matter what's going on, there was something going on back at the cross. No, no, no matter what's going on in your life, there's something God's already done for you. Realize no matter no matter what you experience in life, there is a God in heaven who is ready to respond to you that says, here am I, Lord. I mean, my life is a mess. Here am I, Lord. Things are falling apart around me. Here am I, Lord. I'm weak. I can't go on. Here am I, Lord. Use me for your glory. I'm just saying this. The Holy Spirit of God will come down if we'll just say, here am I. So the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's all introduction. I only have a few notes. Just a short sermon. Notice back at our text. Notice there's a command to be obeyed. Be not drunk with wine. That, that would be a good verse for many churches to memorize. That would be a good verse for many Christians to memorize. There's such an infatuation with alcohol. Among Christians in the days that we live, it's a shame. You know why? Because it be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't be drunk with wine and be filled with the Spirit of God. And so, what is he saying? Uh, it's a command, he's not suggesting it. Be not drunk, it's a command, it's not saying, well, if you don't feel like drinking, don't drink. It's a command, and it says here, be filled. That's a command. It's not a suggestion. And so there is a command that needs to be obeyed. And so that mean, that literally means if I'm going to be filled with the Spirit of God, there's some decisions I have to make to where I am surrendering control to Christ. I am giving everything over to God, and it is more important for me to be able to experience the power of God that dwells upon me through the Spirit of God than it is to experience anything else in my life. I love fishing. I do more fishing than catching, but I love fishing. There is nothing like fuel the the shake of that pole when a big fish gets on it and all that, Uh, but I'm going to tell you that doesn't compare to what it feels like when the Spirit of God comes on you. Man, I'll tell you, I, I've, I've experienced living with the Spirit of God moving upon me, and I've experienced living without the Holy Spirit of God on me. I've tried to do ministry, and I know that I wasn't surrendering to the Holy Spirit of God. And there's times I've done ministry completely surrendered to the Spirit of God. And I'm going to tell you, it's a whole lot better when the Spirit of God is upon you. So fullness, it's a command to be, be- obeyed. There is a conscience to be stirred. Notice in verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, a conscience that is stirred. In other words, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, when we follow the command of God to surrender ourselves to be filled, uh, there is an awareness. There is a conscience. Your conscience is stirred with awareness, of the goodness of God. And listen, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody in your heart to the Lord, that means, listen, everything can be fallen around, apart around you, but there in the reality of your soul, in the reality of your conscience, you're aware of the fact that God has not abandoned you. And he is with you. So when everything falls apart, you can still... Read a psalm, speak a psalm to your heart. I liked when one, one of the preachers said, You know, you need to preach at yourself. And I thought, Well, that's what I've been doing all these years. I didn't know, I didn't even know what it was. Amen. <laughs> you do, you need, you, you need to talk about to yourself the reality of all that God is. Speak to yourselves in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Listen, the world, the world, listen. The world has not ever written a song that is good for your soul. Not one. Well, I like the oldies. Well, they're oldies. They ain't worthwhile listening to. They're from an era in time that is never going to be again. So I don't listen to them. Why well, I like the world's music today. It just really comforts my soul. It has nothing for you. It's stirring your conscience away from God. And so you say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Then why don't you sing and make a melody in your heart unto the Lord? Stop singing to yourself songs that speak about things that do not honor God. Stop singing songs and, 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 and mellowing, as it were, on uh, songs that speak of the things of the world and do not speak of the things of God. The fullness of the Holy Spirit is just not a command that needs to be obeyed. The fullness of the Holy Spirit is a conscience that is stirred. And listen, when the, when the songs are being sung in church, it ought to stir your heart. I've often said this. I'll drive down the road and I know people are crazy. I'm leading music in the car. radio is not playing. The car is not, you know, pan. what is that, Pandora? Pandora is not working because uh, the cell phone won't connect. Amen. So you don't need anything. Just start singing praises unto God. Start rejoicing in who your God is. You ought to be aware, your conscience ought to be aware of the fact that God loves you and he will care for you. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. So a conscience to be stirred. This fullness of the Holy Spirit. There's a confidence to be expressed in verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but that's a hard verse. Giving thanks always for all things. We as human beings seem like we're more prone to gripe and complain about things and we have a tendency to want to be able to focus on our negativity and rather than being thankful for what it is that God has brought in your life. You, you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just don't understand the thing that I'm facing, the thing that I'm going through. There's nobody that can rejoice in that. There's nobody that can say, I'm thankful for this. Well, in the flesh, you're right, but in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, I can give thanks to God for all things, and I'm going to tell you, there's been some things in my life I wasn't too thankful for, but God has showed me that I could be thankful that he was with me at the time that I needed him the most. When all men forsake you, God's still with you. When health abandons you, God is still with you. And I just want you to be encouraged with the fact of this, that the fullness of the Holy Spirit does build a confidence that can be expressed verbally by giving thanks unto the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't like it, but I'm saying thank you, Lord. My heart is torn out, but I'm saying thank you, Lord. I don't understand why, but I know you're a God of all mercy and all grace. And I say, thank you, Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in it. Amen. You say, well, it's hard to do. Yes, I know. In the flesh it is. But in the Spirit of God, it's not. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so, folks, I want you to encourage you with this. As I mentioned at the beginning of the message, the Lord laid two things on my heart. Pray more and mentor more. Let's really be a church that automatically is identified as a church, as a praying church. But not just that, but as we're praying faithfully for each other, let us reach out to one another and be a help. You, you know, there, there's people that are hurting in our church. It's been a rough year this past year. I don't know about you personally, but I'm going to tell you as a church, as a church ministry, it's been a rough year. As a pastor, it's been a rough year. But I know this, that God is still on the throne. He's still in control. And if we'll talk with him and we'll talk with him and we'll fellowship with him. His Holy Spirit will fill us and guide us and direct us to where we'll be able to impact others for Christ. But it's not going to happen apart from the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so let's, let's surrender ourselves completely to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow for prayer. I don't want any piano playing or anything tonight. Just bow our heads. Tonight you say, I'm I'm struggling. I really have some difficult times. I just need to pray. Why don't you come down here to the altar to pray? We don't need to sing a song. We just need to talk with God. So I have a loved one that's not saved. I need them to get saved. Come down and talk with the Lord about that. say my heart is broken and my heart is aching. I need the fullness of the Spirit of God. Come down and